Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Cameron, and welcome back to another episode of Legacy's Journey, where we talk about creating what outlives you. Of course, again, I'm Cameron, owner of Kenley Consulting, where we focus on strategic financial growth for marketing agencies so that, A, they can live that dream life that they're earning each and every day, but not being a slave to their business. And we just do that through CFO services. So I had to, you know, make some some calls and, and figure out, like, who could we bring on that could bring something new, you know, something interesting. And so, you know, they were like, you got to go talk to Matt. And I'm like, all right, well, who's Matt? So I reach out. Matt's like, I'm all in. Let's jump into it. So I'm going to let Matt, uh, owner of Zappy Chat, tell y'all who he is, what he does, how long he's been in the game. And then we're going to jump into some good stuff. You got it, man. Yeah, I love it. Super excited. Um, pertinent information there. We've had an agency for 11 years and the last three years, we started licensing out some of the stuff that's worked really well for us. And so Zappy Chat, um, it goes direct to business as well as we relicense to other agencies and it just solved the problem of responsiveness. And so for a lot of businesses, they miss out on business just because they effectively ghost their customers. And so we help small, medium, huge businesses uh, be faster and more effective at getting, you know, getting back to prospects and, and even customers. All right, cool. All right. So now let's let's go back in time. So, okay, tell us how many kids? How are you and wife you doing? How's that going? You know? Yeah, I love it. So um I've got a beautiful wife of nine years. We have two boys, a uh, three year old and a one year old. And this is this is actually super pertinent to to our experience and our journey. So for us, a huge catalyst for growth was becoming a parent. So for me, I didn't realize it, but a couple of years in the business. I had a, a really catalyzing discovery, and it was that I believed that if I ever ran out of money, I'd become the worst version of my father. And so that was oh. driving me. That was the like the uh, whatever the bear in the room, and it caused me like I'm not Type A, but I'm crazy ocd about numbers and profitability specifically like that idea i have a i have spreadsheets month by month this is just google sheets from the time i turned 18 before i was even like doing real entrepreneurial stuff tracking every dime in and out of my life and i didn't realize it but i had this belief that if i ever ran out of money i'd become the worst version of my father and i was committed to not doing that and so that was kind of was propelling me this happens for a lot of us is that success comes from like running from something you're just not always aware of it and um, with that, I had a high expectation for fatherhood. And so going into, um, my wife got pregnant in 2019 and we were like, I, I was like, I wanted more, I call it disconnected revenue because in the agency space, I had done a lot of stuff. Um, we had a small, you know, we had a team of uh, eight or nine folks um, to yeah. retainer started marketing stuff, um, but it was very connected. Client has a bad day. I have a bad day, right? Like I felt a little bit out of my control, even if I was in control of my finances, I wasn't as in control with my time. And so I was committed to growing what I thought of as like disconnected revenue. I wanted to do what turned into lower ticket, uh, more volume, um, but higher leverage so that I could be present, a present father. That was like a, a big win in my mind. And I uh, spent a lot of 2019 doing that, cultivating it. 2020, um, it was actually March. So first due date was April 24th. Uh, my wife's water broke on March 15th, going to the hospital. Uh -oh. So he's early. 
This is our first. Yeah. And we walk into the hospital and it's kind of normal. And then COVID hit. So March 16th, he was born. And that was like the Monday of the week where like the hospital was literally, I'm in California. So we didn't hit us for a while, but like we reacted strong. They were like kicking people out of the hospital. They were, um, you know, no, no uh, elective procedures. He was also um, not fully developed. His lungs weren't developed. So he was born and they took him right away into the NICU. And I didn't know it at this time, but the NICU is like set aside. Like it's not like usually a normal, t- so you can, parents can be in there, but with COVID, yeah. they didn't know what was wow. going on. So they took him away and then kicked us out. Literally, I, I was not prepared for what it was like to leave the hospital without my son and not be able to see him. And we were just like, we were Whoa. just, we were just blocked off. And so this hit as COVID hit. And so for the next uh, couple of weeks, I, I would come with a lunchbox, my backpack, just a black lunchbox backpack and a car seat. And I'd walk in the only access to the hospital is through the ER or like the, the, I think it's the ER. Yeah. Through, through, the, through the emergency room. I'd walk into the emergency room and say, just said, my kid's in the, my kid's in the NICU. And they'd like ask no questions, let you in. I couldn't get into the NICU, but I would just go into the the little waiting room next to the NICU just to be close to him. And uh, that's where I took calls with clients who were just saying like, we got to pause. We got to pause. Right. That was like the, the, the ring of anyone who was in, you know, marketing, we felt it in those early days. And if you were in a state that had a huge lockdown, we had a lot of clients and in California and it was like, they're like, I'm sorry, you know, we're going to stop marketing because we literally can't be open. And so that was um, the catalyst for a big fight or flight for me. And, and um, you know, I chose to fight. And it's it's funny, you know, what what a blessing father it's been. But man, like there are so many times where I can make excuses for myself. I can be lazy. I can know the things I should do. And then I decide not to do them for my gigs. There was nothing that I wouldn't do for them. And in that moment where I felt like I was fighting for, like our family and, and it had already been to the point where it's like, you know, I was, I, you know, we're single provider household, you know, and a business that I owned is like all on me. And, right. um, and, uh, yeah, it was a huge catalyst for just getting over myself and doing the things that, that I was previously scared of doing and, and, uh, just trusting that there'd be a way. Okay. There was a lot in there. <laughs> I don't know how we go get to it. Okay, we got only person working. So, okay, tell me about that. Because in my case, that's the same thing here, right? We I'm married nine years, which means 2014. 2014, yeah. 2014. Yeah. Um, three kids now, eight, five, and one. And to your point, like, the pressure of it being all on you in and of itself is something. What? So, like, how do you, on just a normal basis, like, how do you... There's so many questions I can even ask from that. But I guess, how do you keep that balance? Like, hey, if I don't do well, because I'm guessing just based on a little entry drop in regards to your parents, like it may not have been the most healthiest thing growing up. So to now I'm in full control, so to speak. Yeah, I don't want to do this. But how do you walk that line of like not trying to overcompensate, you know, and all those different things and putting all this unnecessary pressure on yourself? What is that like for you? That's a great question. So this is um, in business, like problems don't disappear. They just change. Like there's just different problems. And so that's where like I had found is like I I could um, that pressure. Uh, we've been blessed 
financially. I've I've created a huge margin. You know, I, I say it's like the bigger the bigger the demon or the bigger the dragon, the bigger the wall that you build, right? I built a big wall. I was like that year, 2019, I decided I needed $100,000 of disconnected revenue coming to me personally every single month. Why? I don't need that. We live in California, but I'm not like, we're not like crazy. I believed that if I could, like, if I got close to this idea, like all of a sudden something would shift to me. That's not the reality, but like that, that belief, you know, created this, this, uh, desire to create that kind of margin and space in there. Um, to your question of like, how do you manage it? Like still now, I'm be honest. I fell in love with my wife because of how she prays. So we're both believers. Um, I like we like I'm. Uh, what does that mean for me? Like I did not grow up with any sort of like uh, religious backgrounds. More it was agnostic. My parents were both very actually kind of like anti uh, faith. They were burned by established religions. And yeah. um, but for me today, I'm conscious of um, of uh, a spiritual experience. And so I. I tap into a higher power. That's like, I can't, I can't get any more complicated than that. Like literally this morning, even today on a day like this. And, and now we've got, we got over 110 team members. We serve, um, we serve over 40,000 businesses. About 10% of those are actually our paying clients. Cause a lot of, a lot of what we do is outsource services. So if an agency uses us, right. they, um, they might serve their clients as there, but 40,000 businesses, 4,000 of those are our paying customers. And I still wake up and there's, fires there's still stuff and and there's so many other people responsible i wear that literally um this morning i walked up to my wife and i was like can you just pray for me i'm just feeling anxiety like you still feel the weight of it and uh yeah the the uh, like i i wish there was a fancier answer there but like i get on my knees and i pray and i got no magic i got no magic powers it is just for for me i i uh try to live one of the core takeaways for me, because I wasn't raised with it. So, and, and a lot of me is like, a lot of me was like, I don't want to do what my, what I saw modeled for me. So a lot like, right. it's like you either want to like, you want to live up to it or like you run away from it. I've been a lot of like, I ran away from that. So in Correct. many ways, my dad's repulsion for the church is probably what drove me to the church. So I'll be honest, like, you know, like the, it's funny that like, you know, the, the ping pong effect, but in there. One of the things that was most compelling to me is I want to live a life marked by um, humility and love. If that's if, if like that's it, and that that's you know that cascades down into maybe a good topic for the show is like right now one of my big wins. So the uh, besides just looking for help is knowing where you're going. And my big win in life is if I can raise well-adjusted, kind human beings who want to spend time with me when they no longer have to. That's a win. And my that's wife share that. Yeah, like that. And we. I say that probably at least once a day that I, I want to raise well-adjusted, kind human beings who want to spend time with me when they no longer have to. That's it. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's a, a great goal. I mean, it's not a bad one. I, 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 I hope it's not. A, yeah, it's not a bad goal. So when I feel anxiety in that, like the weight of the business or feeling those things, what motivates me to humility is a clear understanding of what I'm trying to do. I think, I believe that um, if I'm anxious and stressed and manifesting that around my kids, that um, I'm not going to be like someone they want to hang out with. And I'm not saying like, it's not bad. I'm not trying to like hide this feeling of anxiety. But so like, honestly, that motivates it though, because I've felt in spaces when you, when you're also driven to succeed, you can just carry it, right? You can just be like, you know what? There's anxiety. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to like wear that. I don't need to ask for help. I'm going to do this thing. Because 
if I'm motivated by just like, I just got to be strong enough, I can do that. The story in my mind is I want my kids to want to spend time with me. They don't necessarily care how much, a thousand percent, they do not care how much money's in the bank account. They don't care at all. They don't care how big the team is. They don't care about any of that whatsoever. They do care if I have the the mental space to be present with them. If when I walk into the room, I can engage with them and have fun with them. If I can be present and listen and hear about their life, those are the things that they care about. And and because because I've got a clear vision of where I'm heading, I like like I said from the start, I'm like I'll get over myself, and and it it's a humbling thing to go to your wife and be like, can you pray for like I'm not holding it all together, like I'm feeling it right now, but but I'm not trying to front anything for her. I'm not I'm not trying to like be all the things to her. We are on the same page about our big win in life. And she knows that, that, um, you know, that, that we're not going to be able to do it alone. And so that comes from, you know, like I said, tapping into higher power and, and doing it together. It's okay. You can say Jesus. It's okay. I ain't gonna like Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it, but like, yeah, that's, that's the, um, I was like, he is being so careful. It's okay. It's Jesus. I, I'm laughing because like literally this happened last night, right? Like I was just, thinking not from an anxiety standpoint but from the standpoint of like you said like man trying to figure this thing out i know where i want to be or where i want to go but it's the time is taking or the way it's happening is not what i envision and she literally was like you know what we haven't prayed together in a few days why don't we do that because we're we're both going through something and we just literally after dinner we just sat there for like 10 15 minutes and to your point, I think that is so key to know that you don't have to go at it alone, right? You don't have to be, even if, yes, our role may be the one that's providing, but that doesn't mean I have to be Superman 24-7. Um, and there's nothing wrong even with asking for help. So I love how you're able to, you're not like, oh, I'm the, I'm the breadwinner. You got, babe, I need help because it's a, it's a challenging day today, you know? <laughs> so I love that. I love you got so much I want to dive into. Oh my gosh! All right, let's let's keep it on kids. I'll leave parents alone, even though I really want to go there. Yeah, no, I love. So uh, this is a good one because we're talking like in that space. So there is something I've realized is just the law of nature is that more flexible things to will flex to less flexible things. So simple. But if you think about like you have a feather and a brick and they collide, like the, the feather's going to give, the brick's going to stay, right? And you have a brick yeah. and titanium and they collide and the brick's going to give and the titanium's going to hold, right? So like less yeah. flex, like more flexible things are going to flex to the less flexible things. So a really empowering strategy for so many things is just be inflexible. Be inflexible. Easier said than done, but crazy liberating. Yeah. So here's here's an example of this. I'm actually breaking it right now, but um, I'm excited for you. But my uh, day, um, today was a little bit different, but typically my day is I don't do any work um, for the core chunk of the day. So I work in the morning and then I'm off when my kids are awake and then I go back they literally go to, uh, right now they just sync up a nap time, but usually around like, you know, in the afternoon, 2, 3 p.m. is when they'll nap for three hours. And so I've just architected my day in a way where I'm always free in the core chunk of the day to be present with them. 
how did this happen? I just blocked it out on my calendar. I just said like, this doesn't happen now. I was just, I just chose to be inflexible. And I've held that since, so when, when my son was born, he, um, even when we took him home, you know, there's kind of, they say there's this, um, lag with Nick, NICU babies developmentally. They, they catch up, like he's totally fine. Everything's great now, but it takes a probably like a couple of years to be like on pace with what you'd expect. But so early on, they just sleep like crazy, uh, which is like good. It's good. But you, like, we have to wake him up. We have to feed him. And, uh, he also, um, wasn't like, he wasn't strong. So it was, uh, actually, no, he did. We kind of shared it, but it was like mixed strength there between breastfeeding and bottle feeding and like his yeah. ability to just developmentally, like when, when they're, when they're in the NICU, they're like tube feeding, you know, it's like, he's getting food through a tube. And so yeah. I chose, I was like, I'm going to bottle feed. Every time they're bottle feeding, I'm bottle feeding. So that, a bit, our, the cadence it kind of worked out too, which is fortunate is he like every other feed he would, he would bottle feed. Yeah. And I just put it in my calendar. And so he was also very scheduled. Like not every kid, I'll tell you after I haven't do, not every kid's always on a schedule. He was because we're like waking him up in that schedule. So it kind of worked out well that I could plan for it, but then I could be rigid and inflexible and be like, look at that. Like as even at that time, we had a team of, let's say, 10 folks, but running a team of 10 folks for the business that we had, and I was able to bottle feed my son when it comes out to be six or eight times a day. I forget how it paced out with the three hours. A lot. And through the night, like all those things, I was able to just be present because I chose to be inflexible. And that just kind of carried through. So when we had our second, um, we were conscious of, you know, like what it was going to be like for our oldest in that space there. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to carve out the majority of my day is going to be not working. And and how do I don't do worry, that? Wait, wait, wait. And so oh, imagine like this, I could work 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's four hours. Ah, That's okay. already a ton of time. I was effective. Great. And then I can be present with him 9 a.m. to say 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. And that's when he's awake, you know, until, and I just like, I hang out with them, go on adventures every day. You know, with having kids, it's very easy to fall into, I call it like, um, it's like Groundhog's Day. Every day is the same. Like the difference between a weekend and a weekday, you're like, there's less traffic, more traffic. Like that's kind of it for us. Like it's, yeah. it's, and it's very easy to flow into that cycle. And so I just lock that out and you're like, okay, so then, and then if I've got three to six or two to, two to five, um, kind of schedule, they're like, wow, I put in seven working hours that's a full work day i just chose to just i I chose to orient my schedule in a way where i could be present with my kids and so for me this was profit first this is like the concept it's a great book but like this idea of pay yourself first i think of it in like there are five buckets that i consider that are actually more valuable than money but i want to make sure i pay myself first in those buckets as well and so if i look at like time if I look at like relationships, if I look at like health, if I look at like status, and if I look at like core values, the things I hold hold strong, like those five things, those five buckets are areas where often we'll sacrifice it for for money. And I get it. There's a foundation of like you just need, you know, there's a like a I think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Food, water, shelter. Yeah, that comes first. You can't survive. And for a business, cash flow. Like you gotta have that, otherwise you just you can't survive. Um but in, in a human experience, these other buckets are more valuable to me. And um, I want to make sure I'm profiting for, I, I'm like paying myself first and not creating a scenario, which I hear from a lot of folks where they built a business that was successful, um, that actually turned out to be a cage that they resented because they sacrificed the other things that were more meaningful to them. 
So you're telling me you're working five to nine, nine to two is blocked off. Then you work three to six and then that's it. Yeah. So right. I'll say like right now, um, I become less rigid with it as our kids have gotten older. Uh, okay. they've got, they have different things too. So for example, on a day, um, where they like want to, like we are blessed to live near my, uh, wife's parents. And so they'll love to just go over there and have a day with, with my wife's parents. And I'm like, okay, it's fine and fair for them to have, like, even my wife, we'll drop them off there. They'll have a day with the grandparents and like, that's fine. And so if that happens on a Tuesday, like I'm not going to be like, no, I need to take them on an adventure today. But what this allows me to do is like, be like yesterday, what do we do? We did golfing, uh, splash pad, and then like got, you know, acai bowls. And that's a regular, that's a regular day for us. And so to get to have those experience, one, my, my, my son, my three-year-old loves, he loves golfing. And so we go to the like driving range, we'll go and golf together. My golf game has gotten a lot better as of just being a parent, which is funny. You wouldn't expect that, but like, but I get to have those shared experience with them. I think this is unique. We also only have boys. And so I'm conscious of that for, for our kids. It's like, I think boys um, connect a lot over shared experiences. We still get to talk and do all that stuff too, but like they, they light them up to go on adventures, to do the sort of things. And so um, one of our little hacks is we'll do, uh, pretty commonly so disney disneyland we were in la does a character dining experience uh, which is like a, a buffet and the characters that you don't have to be in the park at all and so we'll go down and just do like brunch even just the two of us or um or sometimes three of us so I'll, I'll do like some sometimes i'll take the boys just for me because i understand the dynamic there there are plenty of times where it's like just my wife and them and so for her it's super healthy to have that balance like i get to engage have conversations like this with other adults frequently all like that, even like eight hours a day that happens for me naturally for her just to be that, like, that's the flip side of intentionality for her to go and actually spend time with friends or spend time with family and, and have yeah. connected moments as, as fully developed human beings. It has to be more than just us with our kids. It's the highest value yeah. thing for me, but it can't be the only thing, right? It's like you love dessert, but you can't only eat dessert. And um, yeah, so that's, this is an example of, of, being rigid around the things that are high priority for you. Like people respect that people, they, they're not even aware of it. You know, in the same way, if you, if you chose to sleep in until 9am and your calendar didn't take an appointment until 930, no one would notice. And you just decided to sleep in. Like you could do that. I chose other things. All right, cool. So as we wrap this up, cause I know you're a busy guy and it's probably almost nap time is up. Right. Um, my question to you, what would you say to young Matt, like high school version or college version now that you've done what you've done and, and reach whatever you would say is a success or whether that's being married or whatever you want to define as successful for you. If you can go back to college age, Matt or high school, Matt, what would you tell him? I, I would say. Well, this is a great question. I think it's one there's there's an unfair advantage to imperfect action. Um, okay. I, I'd say like speed. I grew up in California. We learned in fourth grade about the gold rush. It wasn't called the gold crawl. I see a lot of people miss out just because they take a lot of time to think about doing instead of just doing and acknowledging that the first time you do it is going to be the problem. It's probably going to be the worst time you do it. And so I see that like with with my kids as they develop. You just got to be bad fast. There, there's unfair advantage just being bad fast. And so I think I might tell him that because it took me a while to get to get over that uh, concept of yeah. being okay with being bad. 
and then the second thing I think is is um, I the most important decision you're going to make is is your spouse. I'd probably say your significant other like that. The I've it's seen it. Pretty like, important. It, it it just is, and so um, and it you know if it went back to me. I'd be like, you're on the right path. You'll find someone that's great. But for anybody out there who's younger, I'd be like, man, I cannot stress that enough. That um, I've just seen folks and seen the unfair advantage that can be to have someone where you're aligned on the things that yeah. are most, and um, they're either like they're in it with you or they are championing you. And they're totally on the same page. And I, either work great. And so for me, that's like our dynamic is she's not entrepreneurial, but she fills me up in like the ways that matter most to me. Like the things that I'm going to be caring about when I'm 80 years old, she fits all of those things and she celebrates the game that I'm playing, right? So you think of like, if it's, I've heard of that dynamic of like sports or athlete, athletics kind of a thing. It's like, they don't have to play the same sport as you, but if they enjoy it and will celebrate and champion, and they're telling you to go hard, push, you know, fill that calling kind of a thing, then it'll still work out great. All right, cool. Well, we know you got to go. Tell the people if they want to work with you, they're like, man, this guy's super interesting. How can we reach out to him, get in touch with them? Yeah. Tell them how they can get in touch with you in case they want to reach out, who you serve. Yeah, well, so I'd say if you're an agency owner, we absolutely serve you. If you're a business owner, our tech also serves you. I, I mean, I love, we do a lot of empowering agency owners to serve those businesses better. The best place is actually Instagram. If you want to get in touch with me, and maybe that's how we connected too, was Instagram. It's like always the random profile that someone actually runs and manages. So you can find me, Matt Ticino on Instagram or zappychat.com. If you're looking for ways to be more responsive, leverage AI. We've been we've been in the AI space for the last three years. We were on Google primarily and then have shifted now to OpenAI as far as the platform and, and power there. And so we do it very well. Um, and so either of those places, you can find me. All right. Well, man, we appreciate it. We know you got to keep saving the world and being a great parent. Thank you so much. We got to get you back with another episode. But y'all, you earn how to get in touch with them again. We're trying to bring you guys the best possible guests possible. Um, I just said that twice, but we want to bring you guys the best just so you understand that it is possible to continue to grow your business and not lose your family and your morals along the way. So until the next time, we hope that you guys share this episode with somebody. We're going to try to get Matt back on another one. Um, until then, see you guys. Thank you, Matt, for coming. Thanks so much, Cameron.